This show is sponsored by IdealWorkspace.com, which promotes a healthier way of working through their adjustable standing desk. Check out their latest smart adjustable standing desk at Altizen.com. A-L-T-I-Z-E-N.com. Welcome to Analyze Asia, the podcast dedicated to dissect the pulse of business, technology, and media in Asia. In this episode, I speak to Wang Boyuan from TechNote and TechCrunch China, and we discuss Jingdong or JD.com, their backstory, and Tencent's backing of this company against Alibaba in the China's e-commerce space. Boyuan, ni hao. Ni hao, Bernard. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? I am well. You're based in Beijing, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm based in Beijing. Yes, I'm talking to Wang Boyuan, writer and editor in TechCrunch China and TechNote as well. And we got to know each other through Twitter. And there is a very interesting company I wanted to talk to you because I've been reading your articles and you have covered this company extensive a lot. Before doing that, I, I want to start to get to know you better. How did you get started in your career in journalism? Yeah, actually... I am an English major. After I graduated from university, I began to translate Western tech articles into Chinese, and I'm doing freelancer. And in 2013, when TechNode helped TechCrunch to manage their China sites, I came to be one of their translators. And one year later, I became the reporter and editor. My focus is on gadgets, apps, and uh, China's online culture. So specifically for this week, what are the interesting stories you have covered so far? I think one thing that really interests me is, is the movie that Warcraft. Not good rating in, in the Western countries, but in China, it was really popular, really popular. Yes. And it uh, grossed something like 90 million in the first week, right? Yeah, this is the fastest, highest grossing Hollywood film in China. Yeah, it overtake, overtakes Furious 7. So why do you think it was so successful, the Warcraft movie? In China, it's like people at like 20 or 30, they play World of Warcraft in their young age and they really want to, you know, reflect their golden days like this. So they rushed into the cinema and watched the film again and again. Yeah, it's really online trend in China to watch the film and to uh, just roll out the things that they used to be played in the game. They see that on film, they're really interested. From what I understand in China, NetEase is the company that actually licenses out some of these games from the West, which is something like from Blizzard, who actually owns World of Warcraft and StarCraft, right? Yeah, they own the World of Warcraft in the middle before this was taken over by Night City, Jiucheng. I got you on the show because I wanted to learn a little bit about this company, which I actually have a lot of interest because it works in my area, which is in the e-commerce and also in the logistics space. And it has yeah. a lot of links to Tencent. The company which I'm talking about is JD.com, otherwise known as Jingdong. So it's an e-commerce site listed on NASDAQ at US 31.2 billion market capitalization, founded by Liu Qiangdong in 1998. So I wanted to start off with the first question is, what's the vision and the mission of JD.com? I think JD.com has been like evolved into a really giant companies in China now. But they really want to do is just to enhance the buyer's experience through tech and uh, managing and things. All the techniques that they developed is to achieve the goal. So how do usually people access to JD.com? They just go to the website? Do they have mobile apps or, I mean, culturally? Yeah, yeah, they have mobile apps. I think on their financial reports, it said that people are more often to go on mobile sites to buy things. 
other than on the desktop side. How was the company founded? I guess historically, it has a name called 360buy.com and then subsequently it's changed to JD.com in 2013. Yeah, this is a long story. Like Liu Changdong started the JD's offline business in the first the selling like magneto optical products more than like floppy disks and the CDs in a small content in Zhongguan Sun back in 1998. That was really interesting because at that time Zhongguan Sun is like the Silicon Valley of China. It is still is the Silicon Valley of China, right? Yeah, but he's like the guy who helped the others to build their business. Like, uh. Yeah, he's more like just a businessman selling digital gadgets. At that time, the company called like Jingdong Multimedia, called Jingdong Duomeiti, Jingdong Duomeiti. Gradually, he was famous for like selling authentic and good quality CDs. And so he gained this reputation and more and more people come to buy his product, his reseller product. So the company soon expanded to one of the biggest magneto optical products reseller in Zhongguan Sun. But in like 2003, the SARS outburst in Beijing and uh, other regions in China, which damaged Liu's business badly. And also that's when Liu started to think about moving from offline to online. In 2004, he launched uh, JDLaser.com, which is his first website to shift from offline to online for the company's survival. Otherwise, the company will die. From 2004 and 2008, the business transformed to a B2C online direct sale platform, which was focused on like computer communication, consumer electronics. And in 2007, they changed their domain to 360buy.com. As you might know, because at that time, numbers domains are mostly welcomed in China. It's like a 360 dimension, you can buy everything like this. So the company received its first round fund in 2007 with 10 million plus dollars, followed by another round with 21 million in January and 2009. That is fast ex- expansion in terms of product lines as well as the geographic coverage. At that time, in 2013, is a very key point for Jingdong because they have to move from China to like more global view. So they buy the JD.com, this domain, and it takes a time to switch from 360buy.com to this new domain, which is more easy to type and more easy to recognize internationally. So at which point Tencent came in to invest in JD.com? I think they have a relationship. But it was uh, in 2014 that Tencent buy 15% of JD.com's share. At that time, you know, they officially, in the superficial, they cooperate with each other. So, of course, when we talk about companies which are very exceptional, we usually talk about the people. I guess, other than the founder, Liu Qiangdong himself, who are the key executives in JD.com? Liu Qiangdong is, is like a hero to JD.com. He is, you know, he made some key decisions to help the company. When we look back, he made some key decisions to help the company to expand and to go further. After the company that expand to like tens of thousands of employees in the in the company, so he have to take some people to the executives. The key executives like uh, Shen Haoyu. Uh, the CEO of JD Mao is one of the men that behind Liu Qiangdong. I think in Liu's structure, company structures, every other executive have to uh, report to him, and he is now uh, like taking care of the daily business, etc. And JD Mao is probably the e-commerce part of Jingdong, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
which is their uh, main uh, revenue came from. Yeah. I thought one thing also very interesting is the board of directors within Jingdong itself. Can you talk a little bit about them? After Tencent takes uh, 15% of the shares, and so Martin Lau, the president of Tencent, so sits on the board. Another interesting figure is Louis Xie, is from New Oriental. It's a education company called Qindongfang. It's very famous in China, and uh, so he links closely to Xu Xiaoping of Zenfang, you know, the wrong company of China. But uh, after all, I think it's 2014. Reports like Liu Qiangdong still has 82.5% of the voting power in the board. So he is uh, still controlling the board. Yeah. Actually, pretty, very interesting things. And I think uh, your colleague Eva has actually came onto the show and talked a lot about what Martin Lau's role in Tencent is. And I, of course, I've done an earlier interview with Anna Fang from Chen Fan yeah. as well. So coming back to the conversation, what are the core revenue drivers for JD.com? I think still the retail sales are still their major income. I read 2016 Q1, JD had earned like 54 billion yuan. It's like $8.3 billion in the net revenue, up to 47.3% year, year on year. And with its gross merchandise volume growing by 55% to about 129 billion yuan. Others rose by 5% in the first three months, with more than two-thirds coming from mobile terminals such as smartphones. So that's why I think the, the mobile sites are more, more important. So when you talk about mobile sites, is it actually all coming from, like, for example, WeChat, or do they have their own app as well in the iOS or Android store? Yeah, yeah. They have their own apps, and they are, their mobile sites is really good. And also they have the entrance in WeChat, within WeChat app. So they're very, very strong in, in this area because compared to like Taobao and Tmall, Tencent blocked the link to Taobao and Tmall within WeChat. So that was really a disadvantage compared to JD.com. Yeah. 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 Okay. This is actually probably interesting with their partnership with Tencent. I've read a couple of your articles because I think one of the things you really do is to try to get the reader to understand the consumer online culture in China, right? Yeah. As you have brought, talked about just now. What are the core features on the JD.com platform and some of the recent innovations that actually introduced to the e-commerce platform? I mean, for example, you can think of JD Prime that's very similar to Amazon Prime and yeah. Amazon Dash Buttons. I think if you were to think about JD.com, it's actually very similar to Amazon. Yeah, actually, it's like Liu Qiangdong's first intention is to like build uh, China's Amazon. He will try his best to follow all the steps that Amazon had done. So that was really good because the, the Amazon China didn't do that thing, copy that thing from this main site to China. I myself was so excited to see him bring all these functionalities, all these features that could benefit Chinese consumers. There was a long story like before JD.com stands out, uh, already a few local and international e-commerce platforms in China before like 2008, it's like Dangdangwang. It's a site that's selling books. And New Egg, that was an American company. And Amazon, they call it Yixun or Z.CN. Tencent has a Pai Pai. It's like a Tencent's Taobao. And Yixun. Yixun is, Yixun is another Tencent company. It's like a Tmall or Tencent's Jingdong like this. And of course Taobao. But the pain point is not 
the e-commerce itself is not, uh, you know, we don't have uh, many e-commerce sites like that, but the uh, lucky and slow logistics and the delivering service. In like 2008, there was a series of heated debate between Liu and JD's early investors regarding whether or not to build its own logistic network. So despite descending opinions from the investors uh, as, a, as the majority shareholders, Liu was determined to do so, begin to uh, building his own self-owned logistic network uh, with like top-tier cities like Beijing, Shanghai. They quickly established warehouse and logistic centers. By the end of 2007, GD was able to commit same-day delivery from 3C products in major cities, which is unparalleled in the market because at that time, um, the logistic network is still in establishment in China. It's like if you get things on Taobao, it takes you minimum like four days to get what you want. If you buy larger things, maybe it take like a week. That was a really key point of, for uh, consumers to get the things. In the same year, JD launched its first uh, mobile post system in China. So that's to enable consumers pay by credit cards and or debit cards upon delivery. So the payment method really effectively solved the trust issue as consumers were able to check the product upon delivery before making the payment. That was what Taobao at that time lacks of because it's always like Taobao fraud things. You buy a thing when you receive it's not actually the thing that you want to you know, or you pay the order. So that was when JD became booming. That was 2008 when they built their own logistic network. So after 2009, like thousands of e-commerce companies emerged or disappeared in China. The hundreds of billions of dollars were poured into this sector with a bet on China's consumption growth as well as uh, transition from offline to online. So throughout years of uh, ruthless competition, JD has become focusing on logistic network expansion with this support from the series of fundings. Currently, the company operates seven fulfilled centers and uh, 209 warehouses in 40, uh, 43 cities and over 6,000 delivery and pickup stations in 2,493 counties and uh, districts across China. It provides like a standard same-day delivery in more than 130 counties and districts across China. That was really, yeah, that was really amazing because when you put the order in the, in the morning, you can receive that in, in the noon or in the afternoon. That was really amazing. Yeah, whatever you got, whatever you buy from like a USB drive, a flash drive to a, like a refrigerator, you can get that the same day or next day. That was really amazing across China. And I guess in the same time, Alibaba did the same with building out a logistics network. Full disclosure, I'm currently working in a company that's actually invested by Alibaba. And of course, they also have their own payment system, which is Alipay. And of course, then I want to understand a little bit, how does JD.com compare with Alibaba? For example, their clash on Singles Day, which is Shuang Si very, very important day in Chinese e-commerce. And what is the strategic partnership between Tencent and JD.com then? Actually, you know, if you compare like financially, JD.com is not at the same level with Alibaba. But if you just take out like Tmall or uh, Taobao.com, they actually rivals. <laughs> 
you, you can see on the debate uh, between Liu Changdong and Ma Yun, they're really hot, you know, they always like blame each other for things. And, you know, for, for JD.com, they blame Alibaba taking over the single stay, like make register the single stay, make a sale for their own like brand and things. So JD.com takes more on Tmall because their mascot is like a, a JD.com is a dog and uh, Tmall is a cat. So it's like a dog has fights <laughs> in uh, Chinese netizens' eyes. It's like a dog has fights. But actually, in fact, besides the single stay, another mega cell was noticing is is June 18th. They call Liu Yao Ba 618, which is uh, JD's dot com's birthday celebration. It was takes for years, and that was really another huge mega cell in China. That was really worth noticing. That was not the same level with Singles Day, but it's still big because really uh, JD put a lot of money on it. And from a consumer's perspective, the consumer really benefits a lot on that day. And how about Tencent then? Tencent in 2004, they had a 15% stake in JD.com. So it's like they united only to com- compete with Alibaba. So, you know, Tencent is not it's big, but it's not good at anything. They are maybe good at social network. They they are good at building games and things, but they're really bad at e-commerce. I mean, just selling goods online. Formerly, it runs like yixun.com. It's another e-commerce site. It once became the third largest online store in China, but only with only 3% of market share in 2013. At that time, Tmall was over 50% and uh, JD was uh, near like 25%. So after Tencent get the, the share from JD, so Tencent just give all their e-commerce, e-commerce branch or e-commerce, just give out their, all their e-commerce business to JD.com from like Yixun. Yixun is now like a Jingdong, a, a JD company. And also C2C, like uh, Tencent's, Tao, Tencent's Taobao, like PaiPai.com. But it was closed by JD soon uh, to acclaim that, to acclaim, only to acclaim that Taobao is full of fraud. That was really, really, really funny. I see. So JD also has financing arm called JD Finance. And I think recently the parent company along with Sequoia Capital China and other players actually invested US $1 billion into the company. What's the rationale behind the move? Is it just because to counter and financial or Alipay in China? Yeah, I think so. Because JD is really start from nothing. I think their financing platform is just to compete with Unfinance because, you know, they're really late for like to do a payment to do the payment business because Alipay and WeChat Pay is already dominant. So there's no space for them to take in. They mostly they are focusing on financial products and lending. And that was very closely bound to the JD Mall because you know that was major business. So it was like they got a product called Bai Tiao. It's very uh, Chinese Chinese name for lending, like uh, buying things. It's a money lender in the Chinese context, is it? Yeah, it's like you can 
buy the things, but without spending your own money, but lending money from Jingdong. You buy things from Jingdong and lending the money from Jingdong and get the things. And that was really popular. And JD seems to be really keen on promoting this. They spend a lot of money on this platform, like building the rental system, putting money in gaining more users to use the Baitiao thing. But the company that built this financial platform from the scratch, so they don't have really much techniques on that. So they invest many like tech company, financial uh, fintech companies like Zest Finance to enhance their ability on the credential system. One thing, Boyan. So if you look at JD.com today, as in Jingdong itself, do you think it's going towards becoming more like Amazon or is it just going to be competing with Alibaba as a whole? I think JD.com is going to be their own, but more like an Amazon way because I am the JD Prime user. <laughs> but what I get is just uh, like free delivery and free ebooks, but nothing much to that. As they, if you heard news that they start to use the drone to deliver things in the countries, you know, in, in China's countries. Uh, that was one thing that Amazon had done. Do you see JD.com expand globally to overseas? I think so, but not as rapid as they expand in, in the China's region. They have their logistics center, like warehouse in, in the US, and uh, they have their international version back in like two, 2010. In 2012, in October, they uh, launched like uh, a site to, uh, specifically for the international market. So this would be very interesting when the e-commerce sector, I guess Jingdong is still primarily heavily focused on China. So I, I, I guess we're going to talk a lot more about JD.com in the months to come and I'm probably going to get you back on the show to maybe discuss some of the other companies that you cover. So uh, Boyan, help my audience. How do they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. My Twitter account is thisboyuan, T-H-I-I-S-B-O-Y-U-A-N. Yeah, and you can also find me on, if you can read Chinese, you can find me on techcrunch.cn. And uh, if you read English, you can find me on Techno. Yeah. Mm. And do you have a WeChat account, if I may ask? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, my WeChat account is boyunw, B-O-Y-U-A-N-W. Okay, you, you can find me at bernardleong.com or at blongcw. Uh, subscribe to us at Analyze Asia, A-N-A-L-Y-S-E, Asia. And of course, you can also find me on WeChat at blongcw too. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Acast. And of course, now on Google Play in the US, of course. And of course, drop us a comment, leave us a rating, and, and in any time, tweet out to me if you have any feedback on the show. And once again, Boyan, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Bernard.